I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 62 of the podcast. I'm very happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please go over and press that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the excitement that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, I got a very exciting guest on the podcast today. Coming up in just a minute will be Trooper Ben of the Kansas Highway Patrol. He'll be joining me here, so stick around for that. I am working very hard to secure the very best guests that I can for you guys here. So I just want to say thank you for all your continued support. Please share this podcast with any father or father figure in your life. Sharing is caring. Uh, Three of the guests that I can tell you about that I have commitments from that will be featured here on First Class Fatherhood in some upcoming episodes. I will have Fox and Friends anchor Pete Hegseth. I will also have the husband of nationally syndicated podcasting host Dana Lash, Chris Lash, will be here, and best-selling author of Outlaw Platoon and former Army Ranger, Sean Parnell, will be joining me in a future episode. So please, keep it locked into First Class Fatherhood. Things are heating up here, and follow me on Twitter, because that's really where you're going to find out all the news first. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram, but I spend most of my social media time on Twitter. So that's where you'll find out uh, the upcoming guests. And when I lock in the actual dates, that's where you'll probably hear them first. So I I encourage you to follow me on there. I try to stay active on Twitter as much as I can. Uh, So please uh, keep hit me with your comments and your feedback. Uh, It all goes a long way to help me bring you the best podcast possible. All right, so I'm going to hit a quick spot here, and I'll be right back with Trooper Ben. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. Welcome back to First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now is a Kansas celebrity. He comes highly recommended by my loyal listeners in Kansas. He is on the Kansas Highway Patrol. It is my honor to say, Trooper Ben, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Hey, thank you very much for inviting me to be on this uh, podcast. I look forward to being able to tell my story and what I do across Kansas and beyond. And hey, you come highly recommended from my listeners there in Kansas, so this is an honor for me. So let's let's start this off with a layup here. How many kids do you have, and how old are they? That's simple enough. My wife and I, uh, to give you the backstory, my wife and I, we have four kids. I am from Michigan, really. The military is what brought me to Kansas. I enlisted in the Army right when I first graduated from high school. Enlisted, brought me to Kansas, my first duty station. And when I was there, I met an amazing Kansas girl that told me when we were dating, that she wasn't leaving Kansas. And that's when I became a Kansan in my mind. I decided to leave the military, pursue other things, including her, and got on the Kansas High Patrol. So we have four kids now. We have a 14-year-old boy, a 12-year-old boy, a 10-year-old boy, and then we have a 5-year-old girl, daughter. Wow, that's very ironic because I have the exact same sequence going on over here. I have three boys, ages 12, 10, and 7, and we got the girl on the fourth try as well, and she's three. Yeah, see, exactly. You know it. Um, <laughs> okay, I know you have an important message about distractive driving. So please hit my listeners with uh, your thoughts 
about the importance of driver safety. Well, isn't that an important topic? I'm willing to bet that the listeners that are maybe listening to this as they're driving down the road right now uh, can look to their left and right or at their stop sign or traffic lights when everybody stopped around them and just look and see that so many people have a phone out. It's up on their face. It's maybe down in their lap, and they're looking downward to not be visible to other motorists doing something that they know they shouldn't be doing. It's just so common in today's world. So, you know, your podcast is about being fathers and fatherhood and being good mentors. And to think about how we as adults, we as parents need to be a good leader or a mentor to the kids around us as they're watching us every day. You know, it's very common for us to get in the vehicle and and to try to do a lot of other things that we shouldn't be doing. And we think of phones first off, but we need to limit them things. And for me, what I do you know, as I try to be a good steward and to showcase what's important and what's not, always wearing my seatbelt, letting the letting my kids know that every time I get in a vehicle, I'm doing so rather quickly. So they recognize the importance of doing that and maybe they'll mentor that and to limit and if everything stop using my phone in every way. So turning it off or sending it to do not disturb so that they can they can see that, you know, you're you're uh, walking the walk and talking the talk at the same time and they they see it so that whenever they become drivers in the near future, they might mimic that. It's important. Awesome. All right. Please tell me a little bit more about your role in the Kansas Highway Patrol. Do you do speaking engagements and what else are you involved in? I do. So for me, I cover North Central Kansas. I'm one of about seven or eight troopers across North Central Kansas. They call us the the tweeting troopers, hashtag tweeting troopers, because we're on Twitter. A couple of years ago, we got on Twitter and really took off and became a pretty strong voice across our state. So I do safety programs, a variety of topics. I recruit looking for future troopers to wear this uniform that I love. And then I'm always dealing with the media. So talking to radio, television, and newspapers and what's taking place with our agency across North Central Kansas and sometimes beyond that. So I love doing what I do. I mean, being a trooper for 19 years, I, I fear the day that I retire from the Kansas High Patrol. And there's really not many professions, I think, where people you know, get fearful about retirement, but that's truly the case for me. And I think for a vast majority of our troopers is that you know, we enjoy doing what we get to do out there, making a difference and, and helping those that need assistance and, and answering the, the calls or the crying of people, you know, crying out loud saying, please stop this vehicle for doing something stupid and foolish. You know, I just think uh, last month, I tell the story when I go and speak at audiences, last month, you know, the hazards of distracted driving and the crazy things people see. And people know it. They think of the things they've seen driving down the road. But last month I was driving down the road and I passed a vehicle and the lady was shaving her legs when she was driving oh, down the road. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I know. That's exactly my reaction, too. And I think most motorists, when they see they're like, unbelievable that that would be something someone would do. But that's what people do in vehicles. They're doing a lot of things they shouldn't be doing and we need to be accountable. that. So... Man, that really makes you wonder where the person got the idea that doing something like that is acceptable while driving. And I can only imagine it could be traced right back to their parents and how they acted in the car while the kids were growing up. Yeah, well, you know, these kids, uh, young folks, they, uh, they're sponges, aren't they? they? They watch and they learn and they pick up the habits of what's acceptable norms or not. And if you showcase that it's uh, important to not be shaving your legs, first off... Or a wide variety of other things, and I'm sure those, when they get older, start driving, they're going to do the same thing. They're going to recognize that they shouldn't be reaching for the phone, or they shouldn't be texting and driving. They shouldn't be deep, deep in the conversation that takes them away from the task of driving. 
And uh, it starts from when they're very little, you know, very, very little, and they watch everything that we do, don't, don't they? Yes, sir. As a father, that is definitely something that I have learned, uh, which is that my actions carry far much more weight uh, than my words. So I am very mindful of that with my children. Yeah, you have to be. And I think we, we learn as we grow. Uh, being a father, there's a lot of stumbling and, and missteps, I guess, that you take. But as you grow and become a better father and a parent, you start recognizing your errors and you try to be, hopefully you become better. And you realize that even though we have missteps or we have errors and maybe the best practice is how to be a good parent is that we hopefully evolve. And that's certainly true for me is that, you know, where I'm at today compared to what I was as a first time father you learn what it is and the importance of the role that you have. Well said. I agree with you there. And I love the fact that you're more than a trooper. You're active in your community. Uh, you're in contact with the media and you're very accessible to the citizens that you serve, especially because, let's face it, police have been shown in such a bad light recently in the media. So I'm curious to ask you, uh, what is the reaction that the people in Kansas have to the press coverage of the police, and what is the relationship like in Kansas between the police and the people? Well, I think it's true everywhere across the nation that there's things taking place across the news that that sometimes is distasteful. When you see what's taking place in other areas outside of your space in the world, it's hard. And for me, when I watch things taking place in the news, it, it just it's discouraging to make sure that I'm building a bridge and relating to those that I serve in my space and beyond. So, you know. People in Kansas, uh, they are very supportive of law enforcement. And for those that have had bad experiences with you know, other law enforcement agencies, um, we need to try to figure out how to span that bridge and communicate better and be good listeners and to try to partner with them to be the best servant and to serve not just a, a small portion of the people we come across, but everybody and, and serving them equally. So, you know, it's... Uh, it's a good thing. I mean, I think today's world, really, most people think that law enforcement sort of in the down and out and people are looking at the discouraging things happening across their nation. But what I would say is that right now is the best time to be in law enforcement. And I say that because in my 19 years, in the beginning of my career, you know, I, I would every so often get somebody walk up to me and to say, you know, thank you for the job that I do. Every so often I'd have somebody walk up to me and uh, shake my hand and uh, and say, I'm praying for you. But in today's world, man, that is every day. That is every day, multiple times a day. I have people coming up to me and wanting to buy my coffee or thanking me or saying they're praying for me or they're, they're wanting to give me a hug. It is, I think, the story that we don't see too often in the news, radio, and newspapers, that there's a lot of support law enforcement out there, and I see it every day compared to what it was in the beginning of my career. So... It's uh, it's something we always need to be improving on. The challenging things happening across our nation, we need to make sure we have our eyes open. We need to make sure that our ears are available to listen to those and to try to build relationships with those that feel like they're they're being put off or separated from the roles that we have. It's important that we serve everybody equally. Good stuff. Now, I'd like to hear you speak on this next topic that's always trending as well. I know you may be limited as far as what you can say. Uh, but how do you feel about gun safety with regards to children? You're obviously a trooper, so you have some weaponry, I would imagine, in the home. So how did you how do you go about introducing guns and gun safety to your kids? Well, that's an interesting topic, and I don't want to get too deep in this thing because you are, I, you know, I'm speaking 
I am a trooper and, and, you know, introducing me, I'm a trooper. So you're recognizing or people listening to me sort of take that I'm speaking for the agency, but I can say that, you know, I, I have to have cautious, uh, I have to have concern and cautiousness when it comes to weapons in the, in my home. And for me, from the day that I first became a trooper for the high patrol, I bought a gun safe. I make sure that everything's locked up every night that my, my young kids don't know uh, where to gain access to it. And honestly, in addition to that, just recently, uh, I've changed sort of my, my practices where now uh, I try to keep everything inside of my patrol car that I, uh, I don't bring my weapons from work into my home. I secure everything in my patrol car so that I know there's a clear separation. And I talk to my kids about the importance of how that tool that I have is a tool that I hope I never have to use. And it's something you don't ever mess around with or play around with. And it's uh, it's something we need to have a good, honest, open discussion about the the topic of, you know, weapons in a home and how they're secured and, and to be good, again, mentors to those that have them in their home about what it is to have a firearm and how to use it and what the appropriate, uh, the appropriateness of it is in how to use it. All right, it is now time for a word from today's sponsors, and I'll be right back with more of the action on First Class Fatherhood. Okay, great points. Do any of your kids show any interest in putting on the uniform that you love so much uh, and following in your footsteps? Yeah, honestly, they do. My, 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 my three boys and my daughter have all mentioned, actually, that they want to be a trooper. I mean, they want to be Trooper Ben, is what they say. They sort of <laughs> joke about that with me. But uh, my oldest son, actually, his first name is Justice. I think that's a sweet name for a trooper wow. son. I know, isn't it? But he... Uh, you know, everybody knows me as Trooper Ben. He talks about maybe one day he'll be Trooper Justice. And I'm like, man, that'd be sweet. That'd be a sweet name. If everybody yeah, that sounds like Trooper. a superhero. <laughs> I know. But he talks about it, and who knows if that's the path that he wants to lead. I'm going to try to fan that flame. But, uh, you know, there's other opportunities out there. And, you know, I just know that, for me, this has been a wonderful career and a wonderful opportunity to serve people. You know, you know sometimes when I say things – and it comes across weird. I'll say this, and it's going to come across probably bold for a lot of people, but let me walk them through this, is that, you know, I say I love to give out tickets, and I love taking people to jail. And when I say that, people are like, whoa, that's a pretty strong statement there. But the reality is when people are driving down the road, and they're watching other motorists, or when they read the newspaper, watch TV, or listen to the radio, and they come across stories about bad drivers and bad situations, or when they see other motorists doing something stupid and foolish – they cry out loud in their vehicle or in their living room that that person needs a ticket or that person needs to go to jail. Or maybe they're saying, where's an officer when you need one for whatever they're witnessing at that moment and why I like to be that servant. I like to be that person that can make a difference for those that are crying out needing assistance. And when I do give out a ticket or when I take somebody to jail, I'm doing so with professionalism and with respect. And I'm trying to you know, make the situation as least harmful as I can because there's standards and, and expectations laid out that I don't have to make it worse. I just need to move through that time with this individual. You know, it's it's odd, but I uh, I have two hopes or two goals when I arrest a person uh, in my patrol car and take them to the jail. The very first thing is that when I arrest somebody, oddly enough, I ask them what radio station they want to listen to. That's my first hope or first goal. I say, hey, what station do you want to listen to? To try to build a rapport with them, to try to, to, try to build some common ground in some way to, to make the, 
very difficult moment they're in, more tolerable, more palatable, even though that they know that their situation they're in is not that good. So that's the first hope. And then the second hope that I have or goal is at the very end, when I'm all done and I'm getting ready to leave the jail, I always, uh, with purpose and with attention, I always stand up and walk towards that individual and I say something to the following words, which is that this moment of being under arrest doesn't have to define who you are for the rest of your life. That this moment, while it's a bad moment, doesn't mean that you have to be known or you have to live uh, and, and have this as the, the defining moment, that you can move beyond it. And I truly hope that that person does. And I extend my hand to them in, in hopes to get a handshake. And in my 19 years, almost always the person stands up and gives me a firm handshake. And I think we've all experienced like sloppy handshakes, just going through the moments. Then you get some handshakes from individuals that you, you can tell that person wants to connect, that they recognize a moment. And that's typically what I get from people when I arrest them. While there's needs for people to get tickets and there's needs for people to go to jail because there's things that people do out there that we see that are they're beyond acceptable. But when we do so, when we give out tickets and we arrest people, that we're doing so with professionalism, we're not making the situation worse than it needs to be. And I think that's what makes a good officer. I think that's what makes a good person is that when you do so, they walk away from that moment of difficulty with a ticket arrest, recognizing that it's not that officer trying to be mean. They're doing so because they, the arrestee or person getting a ticket, recognizes they've crossed a line that's unacceptable in, in the world that they're at and the society that they're in at that moment. Wow, very powerful and heartwarming to hear you say that. And I can only imagine there's a few people in the audience saying, damn, I wish that guy would have been my arresting officer, especially if they were popped for shaving their legs behind a wheel. Yeah, I'm telling you. (laughs) And this is a good conversation for me because, as my listeners know, I was involved in an accident just last week where I was stopped at a red light waiting for it to change. And a guy plowed right into the back of me at a very high speed. And I can only imagine he was either on the phone or some other type of distraction. Yeah, so I imagine at that moment there was a lot of frustration that came from you because you were just sitting there doing nothing wrong, and there's probably a little bit of expectations that this person has some penalty for their errors and and what we see with motorists driving down the road. And that's the reality is that we as officers need to to apply the penalty that is reasonable, that the public would say, hey, this is what you reasonably should be doing, officers, and to do so in a professional manner and moving forward with that and to be listening and to try to be uh, to try to have a strong dose of empathy, really, in some ways, too, for people when you're interacting with them in their difficult moment. Yeah, and I think we could tie that right back into fatherhood in the sense that if our child does something wrong or we take that harsh approach at discipline, I don't think we accomplish very much. But I think that if we bring attention to the fault and punish them with a little due justice, it could really go a long way to the development of the child in a much better, if not stronger way. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, it, it doesn't matter what age, as long as we're honest and we're maintaining consistent tone of how we apply penalty, if it's with a small child or how we apply, you know, discipline, whatever it would be for an adult, uh, that we're doing so in a manner that, that that person receiving it or understands that they're doing so, um, they're receiving it because it's not because they want to be mean or put the thumb on the person to make it very difficult, but they're doing so because they want them to be better. They want them to be as, as successful as they can become. And the, the path that they have taken, if it's driving distracted or if it's a small child that's 
sneaking out in the middle of the night, eating ice cream at one in the morning when everybody's sleeping uh, to, to move forward in a manner that, that, that the, the young child or the adult ha- has an understanding that they're doing so with love. Okay, I always like to ask the fathers who come on the podcast here, what type of advice would you give new dads or the about-to-be fathers that are out there listening? You know, um, to slow down and to recognize what you have in front of you. I mean, I, I think about how fast I moved and how I was just trying to get to that next next moment. If it's just getting to eating or just getting to cleaning up or just getting to bed or just getting to the event and is the event over with, just to slow down and to take it all in and recognize that uh, these moments are going to be passed and you're not going to have these moments because your children are going to grow up fast and you're going to miss miss them. I mean, I think of that for my children, how you know, I, I reflect, I think most parents do this as their children get older, they reflect back on looking at their children's pictures and when they're babies and newborns. And when they get older, you're thinking, man, I miss them days. And for these new parents, they don't recognize the wonderful moments they're having. I, and I know they're difficult because there's a lot of heavy lifting you got to deal with when it comes to a newborn. But there were some great times. And to slow down and embrace them moments and look for the moments to extend, not to just try to move forward and get to the next task that needs to get done. That's some first-class father advice right there. All right, do you have any upcoming appearances or projects that you could tell the listeners about? Well, I honestly, I, I go all over the United States now and speak because of my involvement and what I do on Twitter. Most officers that are on Twitter are not like my account. My, my account, I think, is unique because I try to be real. I try to have fun. I try to, what I say every so often, I savage tweet every so often. I like to give it back <laughs> when people give it to me. So that's okay because I like to have fun and be real. I try to be the real me. And that's hard in a world that's pulling you in different directions to be something else. But try to be real me. So I'll be down in Atlanta speaking at a uh, at a the Governor's Highway Safety Administration conference coming up in, in the end of August. And then I'll be in uh, Florida uh, in October for another public information officers conference. I might be in Arizona next month. So, I mean, I, I'm always getting different opportunities. But people know through Twitter what I'm doing because I try to showcase the things that I'm doing in uniform but also – when I'm not in uniform, when I'm being a parent or helping coach the wrestling club with all the other small kids, mentoring and, and building up the next generation that's going to be out there doing what we are currently doing as adults. So, Listen, I applaud you for everything you do, and, and Twitter can be a very vicious place at times, so I give you a lot of credit for putting yourself out there like that. Yeah, it, you know what? It, it's important, though, that the, the Twitter, I mean, it's a wonderful platform for me because it's fast and I can push out information at the moment that I'm dealing with it. But it also gives me a chance to build a relationship with people that, that maybe wouldn't want to have a relationship with me. I mean, for me on Twitter, mentoring and interacting, I have a lot of students all around the United States that FaceTime me on Fridays. FaceTime Friday is what I do to interact with people. And I FaceTime people all around the world and just talk to them about whatever they want to talk about. And it's me and my office in uniform where we just talk about whatever's happening. And it's nice because I get some challenging calls every so often, but it's nice for the public to have them opportunities. And, uh, and the same thing with Twitter, to be able to have you know, young individuals uh, to ask questions of me through Twitter and uh, to, to get some guidance about how to become a state trooper, how to be in law enforcement, or to, to navigate through the difficulties of peer pressure and, and what it is to, to try to navigate through you know, um, 
to drink Alcorn out of a young age. I mean, just a wide variety of things. So Twitter has given me a great platform to speak to a lot of people all over Kansas and beyond. Okay, this has been quite an honor for me to have you on. And I want to say to my listeners out in Kansas who highly recommended that I reach out to you and get you on the podcast here that uh, you guys were 100% correct about Trooper Ben. And God knows this country could use a ton of more people like you. So I appreciate all that you do. I wish you and your family nothing but the best in the future. And I want to say thank you for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Hey, thank you very much for the opportunity. I mean, it's always good. I'm always looking for different platforms or opportunity to reach out to people. And uh, and this just gives me another opportunity to reach out to people to know about what officers are doing all across the Kansas, and in particular with the Kansas High Patrol. Okay, first class father, Trooper Ben, everybody. We'll be right back after a quick spot. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I'd like to say once again, thank you to Trooper Ben for giving me a few minutes of his time. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Please hit me with some feedback. Give me your comments. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. Let me know uh, what you would like to see on the podcast, what you're tired of hearing about on the podcast. You know, hit me with the feedback. It'll go a long way to help me bring you the best podcast possible. Uh, Send me your recommendations uh, for guests that you'd like to see. If you know somebody that would be a good fit here on the podcast, please shoot me an email. My direct message line is always open on Twitter, so I'm very easy to get access to, all right? So I hope everybody enjoys their weekend, and I look forward to being back here on Monday for episode 63. I'm Alec Lace, and you've been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, you may not get to always fly first class, but you are always a first class father.